Hey everybody, we at Podgave Rock and Roll Do You want to make it clear that we don't mean any offense by our comments, critiques, or opinions. We're not music critics, just buddies that use talking about music as an excuse to hang out. Also, our language is intended for adult ears. Enjoy! Cause I'm in the shit house Wish I played in a rock and roll band Somebody give me a dollar bill So I can pass out On that note, <laughs> <laughs> when you guys That's went hilarious. to college, what posters did you put on your wall? Uh, I don't have it, a bunch of posters. I definitely had a, I had a Marley poster. Uh, I had Grateful Dead posters. I had a Hendrix poster. I still like having pictures up. My bathroom's full of pictures. Yeah, I still have uh, a poster you gave me, the cream poster, mm-hmm. which was sick. I think but awesome. back in the day, there's a couple that I remember, um, and they're classic. Uh, the Dylan black and white times there at Changing, where he has mm-hmm. that like grizzled look on his face. Super cool. And then my favorite Hendrix poster that I always thought um, stood above the cheese factor of a Hendrix poster. It was all like um, a halftone purple. It was a purple haze. Where he has a cigarette hanging out of his mouth. Yeah, that one's like, cool. He's in the playing. studio. Um, just such a cool shot. Like, I know, I even, I I had that through college, through my 20s, and even brought it out here to L.A. Because I was like, no, nah, it's still dope. Yeah, it's great. Um, but then when I got married, Michelle was like, all right, it's time for this to uh, hit the road. <laughs> <laughs> so when I went to college, I remember two posters. I had the Abbey Road, the the four guys walking across the street. And I had Kerouac. The the only ones for me are the mad ones. Like a picture of Kerouac looking all disheveled and then the quote underneath it. I'm pretty sure I had another poster, but I don't remember what it was because it was so long ago. I also had one of Lennon. Uh, yeah, Vladimir Lennon, the real Lennon. Which one? Oh, <laughs> Vladimir <laughs> Ilyich? <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> Not that... Not that English fucking guy. Jonathan, did you have a Stalin poster and you're just not telling <laughs> no, us? No, I said Lennon. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like it's more of a Trotsky guy, Josh. <laughs> I know there's one that you all remember. It's the 100 Grateful Dead songs. Mm. That was I don't so remember classic. that. What was I was going to mention, I had that one. It was a cool piece of art. Just a big poster that was one scene that... Like all the pieces of it were Grateful Dead songs. You could look yeah, and all see the images. like a little station, Terrapin Station, or like guy driving Casey um, Jones driving a train. Yeah, someone running away with diamonds, Dupree's Diamond Blues. Um, yeah, it's a good one. But that was super cool. And my best poster story is when I first moved out here, I worked at Aaron Brothers, a framing shop, mm-hmm. and this guy brought in this Clapton poster that he said was like worth a bunch of money, and it was a you know old school vintage poster. And I thought it was really cool. It's just him standing with a flower in Harrison's backyard. Uh-huh. You know, probably why he's plotting to steal his wife. Mm-hmm. So the guy wanted us to frame the poster. We took it in the back. We ended up ripping it just ever so slightly. Um, so we had to replace it as a, you know, corporation business right, where he came right. to get this framed. So we replaced it, and he came back in, and I was the manager, and I was like, since we had to buy you a new one, you know, for like, I just bullshit. I was like, for insurance, like tax purposes, we have to keep the other one, which it literally had like a centimeter rip in it. 
That's so funny. So I was making minimum wage, and it was just cool to be able to, as the manager, be like, all right, I'm taking this poster. You know, went out, <laughs> grabbed a frame, framed it up. I'm walking home, like, probably 24, walking home from a shit job. But at least I have a 24 by 36, like, classic $200 Clapton poster. I love how you said, uh, for tax purposes, we have to keep it. <laughs> and he was like, okay question mark <laughs> yeah i totally bullshitted him but uh it's pretty good out. there's uh, a couple of pink floyd posters that are cool yeah but but mostly like just the dark side the one that has the the letters i think it was like p and then it, like the different quadrants i think it has like each of the guys it would be super cool to start t-shirts where it's just pink and it says floyd a, bl- <laughs> a black shirt that says sabbath a green one that know. says al yeah yes a, a I've always purple one that says rain no, or haze. haze. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's so funny because the, the the poster game is so specific to an image, whereas like the poster game, I love it. The, well, well it, it, it's different than you the like logo. See the underwear right? posters. But the poster is different than what you're putting on your tailgate or the the the, the back windshield of your car. Like you can put the lips there. You're not gonna put the lips on your wall. Right, 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 right. Like you're not gonna put the 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 the, the bears fucking walking on your wall. You're gonna put that on your fucking tailgate if you're super into that. That's a different level of like, hey, I love this band so much. I'm gonna put this shit on my car. Well, everyone yeah. assumes everyone loves Pink Floyd. You don't have well, to say it. Yeah. Like I never put anything on my car. Jonathan, have you ever had anything on your car on the back? I have an American flag back there right now. I also think it's pretty ridiculous. I haven't put anything on my car but since it's, it's, high school. It's a, it's a magnet, though. It's a ma- it's like a magnet thing. So I feel like as you get older, you trend towards more concert posters, concert-specific posters. Jonathan, do you have a concert-specific poster? Yeah, I've got a cool Zeppelin poster in concert where it's like Page and Planner just up front and full-on just like fucking... Zeppelin crushing it mode and th- just tight jeans showing the dicks. Yeah, it's all about the dick. I just love that dick. In it's my just face. like if I it's can see the balls, fantastic. I'm I'm in. Yeah, right? so, you know, it's just um, oh, I want to see the double guitar <laughs> and a fucking couplet and two, of and two balls. nuts. <laughs> <laughs> I want two necks and two nuts. <laughs> the Fillmore West in San Francisco for years and years. I don't know if they still do it. But if you went to a show at the Fillmore, they gave out free concert posters. Nice. And they were gorgeous. You know, Bill Graham presents. Yeah. So that was yeah, that was the golden age of rock posters. No, no, I mean now. Still, like I have yeah. Kingsleyon, Wilco, you yeah. know, the strokes, like all the all those bands. Like Yeah, and I love that bands still do that. A lot of shows you can go to and still get like screen prints of that for a tour, they'll do a kick ass poster for every tour. No and, doubt. Um, we still, basically, Michelle and I, we buy posters a lot at all the shows. We just have frames that They're great. fit. And as we buy a new one, we'll just replace what's there. Yeah. Neil, if you had one thing music-related that you could frame and put on your wall, what would it be? If I could have one poster, it would be, actually, I've looked for it, the painting from Derek and the Dominoes, the album cover. Of the woman? Like yeah. the weird woman? I almost want to do a reproduction of that painting or find that. Because it's such a understated, like, if you know what that is, awesome. If you don't, it's still a cool painting. Nice. Know? I would go, my older brother had a Fillmore West poster from a Willie Nelson show that 
is like a, this old, it's almost Van Gogh-esque, this old man playing an acoustic guitar on a rock in a field, and it just says Willie Nelson of the Fillmore. It, it's so beautiful, just the artwork. Uh, I would have that. That would be the one thing that would be in my house. Jonathan, what do you got? So I've got this. It's a reproduction, but it's from the Northern California Folk Festival. And the the lineup is Jefferson Airplane, The Doors, The Animals, Big Brother and Holding Company, um, Taj Mahal. Um, let's nice. see here. Who else? Um, like Zeppelin and like Muddy Waters and Doc Watson. It's like the most ridiculous <laughs> thing I've ever seen in yeah. in my life, and it's uh, so that, that would a, probably have to be at the top. It, it's a potpourri, baby. It's a um, potpourri. It's a potpourri. And on that note, you are listening to Podgate Rock and Roll to you, and the reason we're talking about posters is because this week we are talking about Bob Marley, and the song we're talking about, Trenchtown Rock. Yeah, and this week we have a couple special guests playing the cover song. Two of my good friends from my first band, Mo Digley, Ian Maddie and Jody Mosier. They actually formed a band for this one cover called Frostburg Reggae. It also features Megan Jean and the KFB and Jody's wife, Kara. Stick around later and listen. I love Bob Marley, obviously, and I going through his catalog trying to pick a song. I landed on this one, and when I first listened to it, I was like, "Oh yeah, this." Just remembering how much this song means to me, it's such. It's one of my favorite songs of all time. It's so powerful. The opening chords and the the opening line is just a masterstroke. I love how it's kind of like he's explaining something to you, and you're experiencing it at the same time. You know, just uh, one thing about music when it hits, you feel no pain. It's kind of just such a cool moment, like. Mm-hmm. It's so all-inclusive there. And just because when you hear that, too, it's, it's like specifically this music. Like when this music hits you, like it's, it's such a powerful kind of message and sound all wrapped up together. I probably heard this first time in college, I think. I mean, I'd heard Marley before then, but this song in particular, definitely in college. And it's fine. It's not one of his best in my opinion listening to all the versions i would say the roxy version is my favorite from live at the roxy because of there's a slower delivery in that whatever overall i I don't ever like i heard this first in a college dorm room i don't really need to hear it again outside a college dorm room with a bunch of folks ripping a bong you are you know hit me with the music bro brutalize me let's do it heresy fucking heresy was that your George Bush impression? No, that was my my <laughs> white college stoner impression. Yeah, I'm sorry, Bush was a coke guy. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. God damn it! Why do we always talk about cocaine on this pod? <laughs> Rock and roll, baby. That's your bullshit statement, Josh. That's my statement. That's your fucking. You sticking with that? Take, you sticking with that? Bomb? For, yeah, sticking I'm sticking with, Josh, with it. Josh with the cold take. I didn't say I hated the song. By the way, I said it's fine. You made fun mm-hmm. of it. Good. Yeah, you sure did. Yeah, um, it's also it belongs in a college dorm room. Yeah, you know I. My buddy first played Marley in general for me in, in eighth grade. We were on a bus trip to Raleigh, and he had a yellow Walkman and flipped it open and fucking, he's like, check this out. And I was like, what is this? Like, like what is this sound? Like, I'd never heard anything like it, and I loved it. That, it was mm-hmm. so, and I was so, same guy who bought the Led Zeppelin box set, and I was like, why did you spend 60 bucks on Led Zeppelin? He was like, 
And then two weeks later, I'm like, you're the smartest person I've ever met for spending $60 on Led Zeppelin because that got me. But anyway, Mike Anderson, appreciate it. Um, so got into Marley, eighth grade, listened to more and more stuff. I really got into this in college. And yeah, man, this is another one of those everything that's great about music is in the song. It's soulful, but it's positive and it's bubbly and uplifting without being cheesy and like there's no Jason Mraz in this bullshit. Right? I mean, and no offense to Mr. A to Z, but um, you know, it's like it's 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 optimistic. It doesn't feel like positive horseshit. You know, it's like it's a, there's a real sincerity to it. There's depth, and it just has like all the best human emotions in this one song. So, Josh, you're 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 completely wrong. How can you say you never need to hear the song again? I will listen to this song to the day I die. And I think this, I picked this song because it's such a, it's almost like Bob's mission statement and like love letter to music. Like it's such, it it encompasses a lot of cool stuff he does. It does, like you said, Jonathan, it's kind of bubbly and uplifting, but he always, Bob always still re- has a badass vibe to him. You know, even the name of the song, Trenchtown Rock, it just sounds badass. And really, there there's not a ton going on. It's It's, most of the lyrics are more just syllables and, um, he's scatting to kind of just keep the melody moving. But the one good thing about music, when it hits you, you feel no pain, is so good. And I love that he's just kind of like, one one good thing. You know, like there's so many good things, but it's it's such a cool cool line. And kind of just, it's it's great. Uh, Josh, you're, you're terribly wrong. How well, dare you? two things. <laughs> Neil, just, just the thing that you said initially about how he's saying something that is causing you to experience the exact experience he is explaining to you mm-hmm. is so, I mean, that's magic in and of itself, right? I mean, and you can see that, like, Trenchtown Rock, this isn't just rock. This isn't just, like, reggae, Jamaica rock. This is Trenchtown, which means it's poor, it's a slum. And what, and, and all the other hits, those folks in that situation taking life do hurt. Mm-hmm. Poverty, disease, fucking whatever, like, difficulty. But this one, this music doesn't. You know, the fact that he has that in and of itself is just incredible. First of all, I'm not wrong because music is objective. And then secondly, it's his whole... Th- I'm not saying I dislike the whole sentiment of one good thing about music when it hits you feel no pain. I think that's really cool. But this isn't the song that when it Yeah, no, hits I me, hear you. I, I feel no pain. Like, like, I love music. Everybody loves music. It's a very universal thing. I mean, look, Marley kind of has songs that are like very Jamaica-specific, very universal, also very like protest. And then... This is kind of in between that Jamaica Universal thing. The song doesn't do that much for me. Yeah. Outside of it has a pretty cool couple of lines that a lot of yeah uh, that in college a lot of people were taking bong rips and like yo man fucking yeah. Marley no. he's telling me how it is with this song I'm like nah eh, not really I hear you I I just it to me it it definitely hit me and makes me feel no pain when I hear it I I love to hear it <laughs> and I think to what you were saying it it's very accessible because. It's it's a very universal message, but he also has some of like just the the Jamaica and the Jaw stuff. But it, it's kind of it's not it's not one of his negative songs where he's kind of just talking more about oppression. It's it's just a very good anthem for his music and reggae in general. I realize where the miscommunication is now. It sounds like when you guys hear that line, when it hits, you feel no pain, in the sense that it anesthetizes you. Is that what you're saying? No, it, I just think it makes you feel better. Right. So, you're, but my point is. I was interpreting in the way that, like, 
this is one thing that if it hits you, it doesn't hurt. It's actually so. I was thinking I was. That's why I was saying. Well, what songs? Yeah, you can make go you that feel, way too. That's, that's why sure. I was like. Well, what songs do you feel pain when they hit? And you're like, well, there's certain sad songs that make me feel yeah, pain yeah. when I hear them. I'm right, like, right. ugh, God, so we're just, okay. I feel worse now. So, so Josh, I'm just surprised that just melodically you don't like it. I mean, I mean, I'm saying just melodically it doesn't pull you in. Like, not that you're shitting on it. I'm surprised that just the melody itself isn't enough to like, and the vocals, because there's such. It's like Jamaican soul music, you know. I, there's just so many Marley songs I like better than this. But so, honestly, I don't hate the song. I don't think it's a bad song. So you're it's saying just, there's so many other songs. Just not, I like there's better. other Marley you'd rather hear. It's just like I don't. And after listening to this all week, I'm like, it really is just kind of a background filler jam tune that I could hear it like a when I used to bounce at the Paradise in Boston on reggae nights. This would be on. Nobody gives a shit what he's saying. It's just like, yeah. but, but now, the, well, you know, the opening drums and then the, the little guitar, and it's like whatever. I hear I, you. It's just not that but, great of a but, song, I don't think. Yeah, most of it, it's just a good vibe. But I, my argument is that that first line is so good that it doesn't matter. Like that, that's the reason I chose the song, and that's what takes it into a new stratosphere. It clearly is one of his best songs. I mean, it explains everything Marley's about. For sure, so let me get some context. Let me ask you this: Is there is there other reggae you like outside of Marley? I like Toots. Okay. Anybody else? Um, and I'm not judging. I'm just asking to get a sense of your interpret, like, what you think, because I'm, I'm wondering if like Neil and I just reggae in general. I've really, I mean, I've probably heard more, but like really just like Jimmy and, Cliff, and Jimmy Cliff. But I, Jimmy Cliff is almost, I almost think of him more soulful, more as a, like a soul singer. Than, but that's something like Jamaican, I, although I understand you know that's right. Yes, right, right. the the famous ones I've heard. I love Marley's voice too. Don't don't give me. I I like I love Bar Marley. It's 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 great. He's great. Do you put him on like much? his voice? Well, do you put huh? do you put do you go unput Marley on much? Again, not since college. Unless I, I, mean, I enjoyed. Li- I asking. enjoyed listening. I listened to him all day today, and I enjoyed it because the the like the Natural Mystic album. There was a certain point in my life where I listened to that every day for months. Um, you know, and every song on that album I love more than this song. To your point, Josh, I don't know how great of a song it actually is, but when Bob does it. It's like it was such a perfect. No, um, it's a great song. <laughs> it, it is a great song, but it is great. Just let me ask you: Is your issue with it that it's not the best Marley song, or that it's not the best song? There are certain Marley songs now that I think are just associated with like white guys in a dorm room smoking pot. Which is every Marley like, song. Thinking this is cool. I, no, no, no. I don't think. I don't think. Well, <laughs> maybe. Maybe the one. But this is that- more. But then right. there are other ones that you will listen to outside of the dorm room, like when you're driving around or you're by yourself, like when you're well, not. I listen stoned. to Marley at the time, so that's I, I listen to Marley regularly. So that's I'm mean, I'm just trying to figure out if if you're. It sounds like it sounds like you're saying to me, if Marley's a restaurant, you're like I'm going to the restaurant. I like, but I'm not getting to order the thing I, wanna, I I'll want to. I'll say this: this song doesn't offer much to me. Pass. I, I agree with you, Neil. From the beginning to the first line, it's great. One good thing about music: when it hits, you feel no pain. And and the little harmonies there are the and like that what they do melodically in the in the mm-hmm, little mm-hmm. background is the best part of the song for me. I love it because they, they do some weird things there where they're like, when it hits, yeah, no yeah. Neil, what is your favorite like part of the song? Yeah, it's it really is the beginning how it pulls you in. Just those chords when I first learned them on guitar, just playing those chords that are so simple but so distinctive. Um, it was just so fun. And I, you know, I almost felt that kind of like jolt of like, 
what he's talking about when music hits you kind of when I, when I learned how to play it, but just his beyond that beginning, his vocal performance, some of those things he's doing, how he's filling the space, like the now, 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 like right before he comes back in and just at the end where he's kind of riffing, doing the harder brutalize me like that stuff's great. And if you, on the recorded version at the end, he does this right at the end, this, uh, good God. It's so cool. It's, it's very like James Brown. It's great. Yeah. I think the thing about it that, you know, why it makes me feel the way I do, why I respond to it the way I do is because the first thing he does is I think the point of all art, which is to make some sort of statement. And he makes a statement. And then the as you were saying, not only does he make it, but he then allows you to experience it like along with him. And so like just the the vocals and the singing, I feel like he, he there's a there's so much narrative and there's so many folks I think musically that who are, who are really talented, great singer, great guitar player, whatever. But the songs, there's just no story. I, I get these feelings of like, I don't know why you wrote this song. And, and I, I don't mean that in a shitty, I don't know why you wrote this. I mean, like, I'm not sure what your point is. And the thing with a song like this, like his point is so clear. And that's, it's that bold mm-hmm, statement mm-hmm. making then supported by great lyrics and, and, and melody that, you know, to me, it just hooks me already in. And I'm just wrapped up in his story. For me, this song is basically one good thing about music when it hits you feel no pain so hit me with music hit me with me the rest of the song is just really? like because the trench sound rock shit but, i but, adore but, but but hold on okay i'm just saying the i don't agree with the that. i don't mind the trench but the rest of the song is just kind of like hey this is a cool jam let's just keep jamming this this is a great like little no. first well, chorus like this is a great a part let's just keep jamming and what uh, trench town rock da 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 trench town rock da, i know how da, it goes da, don't da, sound da, like a cheerleader da, 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 <laughs> don't do your, put your pom poms away this is trench town rock go watch that trench town rock big fish are spread trench town rock yes if if you don't really get into it but uh, you, you, it sounds like filler, but he is talking. It's all trench down rock. He's talking about Kingston 12, like the, his postal code. And like, he's talking about like, try, give the slum a try. Like he's talking about the place he came from and what's kind of elevated him from that trench town is music. That, that's great. You know, we talked, you like the first section. So, so with the trench town part, he's like, trench town, and then the, the, what the bass and the drums are doing under that is so fucking awesome and the call and response is great mm-hmm, mm-hmm. then after that it goes into hit me with music hit me with music and the trench down rock and then groove and kinks that it goes minor there mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, which brings it down and subdues it and, and you give, gives you that kind of somber vibe yeah and then but then they get into the da 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 but which of those sections are you not fucking digging because i love them all Look, again, they're all n- nothing about the song is bad. But you said after okay. the first part it's just kind of hanging out. And I'm like, no, that's totally not. It's like it's like Abbey Road. Absolutely. It is not like Abbey There's Road. Each, Get the each fuck section out is fucking phenomenal. Each no, section no, I, is phenomenal. I stand with Johnny on that. Like this 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 stuff each is section just is fine. as good as the Beatles. I don't really mind each section as a whole and together. It just doesn't do it for me. I, I I don't know what to tell you. I mean, it's just that's fine. Th- there's that's a good message. There's a there's a fine message. It was cool listening to the live versions. And and the one thing I will say is like like you were talking about Marley's vocals earlier. The one thing about his vocal is it almost like you know he's such a young guy, 
and he sounds like an old wise man whenever he sings. So there's no there's no time you can listen to a Marley song and be like, I don't like the way this sounds. You can always get into the sound, like, but it's it it goes into the like after that first part, it just goes into the background for me. Yeah. So like it just becomes like a reggae like chant chant groove chant. 10 to 12 and then I'm I'm, I'm kind of out it's just a groove at that point the best part is he has that uh, wisdom that you know made him so great but in this uh, in the recorded version and just the live versions you can hear just the youth and energy and raw talent and it's so funny to hear that that wisdom with raw, young, badass energy. I'm almost wondering if the issue here, and I could be off, I don't know, but that it's 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 fu- fundamentally rhythm-driven. It's almost dancey, dance music, and I would just wonder if that's just not your cup of tea. Maybe you're into more melody and vocals and word-driven stuff. I mean, with this, there's a narrative here, but I just wonder if, because to me, I just that rhythm, especially articulated by narrative and melody, I love it. I'm just trying to figure out, you know, where, not that I'm judging your statement, just where the disc, you know, where we diverge. Throughout the song, the guitar's doing the same thing throughout the same song. Check, check, check. Yeah, that's check. reggae. Right? <laughs> that's reggae. So at a certain point, you know, we talk all the time in, the, in these songs about there's something about this song that, that's hypnotizing, right? So in reggae, it's obviously that check, check, mm-hmm, check, mm-hmm. check. After the When It Hits You Feel No Pain, So Hit Me With Music, I, that's all it is to me. It's just that. But check. Okay. Check, but when it, moving, da, yeah. dun, 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 dun. And I'm, I'm just kind of like, okay, well, I can do this, but I'm not stoned and I'm not in a dorm room. I don't so. think, and I think you're also not hearing the bass. Yeah. Yes, that that part is, I would say, um, not my favorite of all the everything going on. But the way it does spring it back into the one good thing, you can feel the anticipation at the end of that section where it's just like where he's doing the now, 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 y'all. And then it's it comes back in and it's so great. Outside of jazz, there's rarely many genres where everybody's crushing at all times. In rock, it tends to be vocals and guitar, or you know, bass and drums not as much. In country, it's more vocals and guitar. With R&B, it's more bass and drums. Funk, totally bass and drums. And this is more like that, where it's like the guitar is not doing much, but the bass player is almost playing the riff. The riff is almost in the bass. And if you can listen to what Aston Barrett is doing on the bass, dude, it is so sick. And you're right. I did not really notice the bass. I do love the drums. I, I and yeah, exactly. A, a lot of songs it. I say I don't like the. Dr- I love the drum sound. You know, I mean, the song starts off with the drums, right? It's a yeah. That classic. If you fast forward through a Marley sound. CD, everything is. Yeah. yeah, it's it's all that drum every thing. I was like, way. is this every Marley song? And, that, and I think that's that's another thing. It's like a lot of Marley songs are very similar, eh. and a lot of Marley tunes. Like if you listen to Natural Mystic or Sun Is Shining or even like Wait in Vain or something like that, a lot of Marley songs have this guitar in it, like this solo guitar that that hits licks. That sounds so fucking great, and Especially it's, the live it, it's not in this. It's not in this song. Well, yeah. Um, in some of the, li- the Roxy, the Roxy version, there is yes, some of yes. it, and that's why that's my in favorite version. Some of version. the live versions, like that first, mm-hmm. like, like just how it kind of comes in, and 
the live album that was all at the Lyceum Theater in London, I think. Uh, yes, nice. um, and that's where they uh, the No Woman No Cry was, which that guitar is just out of out of control. But it sounds so good. Yeah, yeah. I listened to that today. Mm-hmm. I listened to the album, and and that leads off the Lyceum Live. It's Bob Marley Live from '74. So the thing with reggae is, as I was saying, the guitar is pretty straight ahead and real and relatively simple. It's rhythmic, but the bass and the drums, man, like you you got to listen to like the hi-hat and the and the and the snare and and the kick if you can hear it but then what the bass player doing Aston Barrett the bass player uh man he's like a master of minimalism it, he almost plays like abstract in the sense that he like most people play seven notes that he plays three and if you listen to what he does he creates such in, incredible space in between him and the hi-hat the guitar really just keeping the rhythm and then the the texture between the 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 harmony background singing and the call and response and then Marley getting his groove on with saying some super cool soulful party music mm-hmm. shit man it's like like yeah. once again I can't hear the song enough yeah and just the 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 bass um it's so great because he is minimalist but uh, very melodic like you can almost oh. if you just hear the bass line of a Bob Marley tune you can tell what it is and that's not true for a lot of tunes you know it's it's always it almost sounds like its own little melody what he's doing he he doesn't play on the one the bass is like one two three four most people like play right on the one and he is like he's like one two a three and a four mm-hmm, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. that but and it's like such a crazy approach to the bass that um but if you have some good headphones you can really hear all that stuff I was listening to it, and I did notice the drums. I did not notice the bass like you're talking about. Maybe that's because it's minimalist, and maybe that's because it just kind of moves into this groove pretty quickly to me where I'm like, okay, and you either like that or not. Like, I mean, reggae is a very specific, you either like what's happening or not, and that's, I think, I don't really listen to a lot of reggae because I don't really like it. I used to bounce at a rock club in Boston, and (coughs) we had a reggae night every Tuesday, and that shit sucked. Oh, so there we go. There we go. That explains it. I, I think there are definitely songs that do have more kind of narrative lyrics and maybe th- there, there's not much other than just that kind of stream of consciousness about where he grew up, why this music is so cool, what music does for my life. It is a very just vibe song. It's a vibe jam yeah. song. Yeah. But here's and the that's thing. It. The songs that of his that are better, I've heard too much. I've just heard them. Like, I don't no, need such, to hear Steered Up. What? I will never put Steered Up on. I, no, what? Okay, I never put Three Little so Birds on. More. I'll never put, you know, uh, this legend. I wouldn't, Natural Mystic? Uh, maybe. but Mellow Mood? Maybe. I'm just, I'm, my point is this song. I don't, Burning and Looting? Burning and Looting is not a better song than this. I don't think. Probably not. I don't think. What are the other Sun two? Sun is Shining. I don't, I don't think either of those are better songs than this. Mr. Brown? Mr. Brown. It's not a better song than this. It's a great. <laughs> it it's, an, it's another Absolutely. great song. Yeah. It's, no, a, it's just I mean, fucking great. Like, it's those, not because maybe you prefer that one. But that's when it's just, a, I think it's a taste thing. I think you just don't dig reggae. You yeah. just said you don't really love reggae. Yeah, so and this they, is more of a groove, like like you said. You said this is like a dance rock song. Right, and but the melody sections I, I, are fantastic. Each section's yeah. fantastic. When that C or D section comes in, the, the Kingston 12 part, yeah. like it's so cool when they go into those little chants. The, it's so bad. What is it? The, oh, come cold eye up. <laughs> Or no, you want it's, come cold eye up, but you can't come cold eye up. Like, what the fuck does that mean? The, the, so there's the one section I really dig the words to, and I've looked it up numerous times, and I can't quite string together what it means. It, it is a slang, is what they're doing. The 
the mm-hmm. one uh, Faye Gallon. So I mean, it's very similar to hip hop. What he's doing yeah. in this song, yeah, for sure. Um, I still don't know what those words mean, so I don't know. Yeah, and, <laughs> and and I don't know what you want. Come cold eye up. That's the other part. That I, the first part. So you won't come cold eye up. They're saying that, that but you can't cold eye up. <laughs> so um, that hold on, that fagaling means to go along with. He's assuming okay. that you don't want to go along, but yeah. the. Uh, then I don't know the next part. Well, and just back to like what he's saying about Trenchtown and his where he grew up. Just I, I I love the part just at the end of the towards the end of the song where he's like, "Give the slum a try, never let the right. children cry. You got to tell Jaja why." And then just I mean, in classic Marley, you're grooving like he he's he's always it's got a, it's, it's always about the music and the group. Yeah, and the hip hop thing is that it's Kingston. I mean, this 12. shit is like so much better out your... Maxwell Silver fucking Hammer. I hate that part of that album. Oh my, yes, take the worst part <laughs> of Abbey Road. But I'm Road. saying, but I'm saying there's that. But even like this is better than you get, never give yeah. me your money. Um, and mm. really, uh, I must say, just one thing I wanted to bring up. One of the main reasons I picked this song is because I used to have it on this brown cassette tape that it was so worn, there was no more words on it. It was just the brown Bob Marley cassette tape that I used to listen to in high school with my friends. And I imagine it was African Herbsman, um, probably my stepdad's like hand-me-down copy. But it, it just, I missed the time of just having, you know, you had to have the tape or the CD. Like the, you have so much access now and just, I love that little tape. I have so many good memories of that little cassette and the way this music sounded. I mean, this is early Marley. This is before he's really kind of gotten into this. Yeah. Like, the and spiritual it, tunes came later, and this seems like an early attempt. A little earlier. A little maybe earlier. A spiritual well, yeah, and that's kind attempt. of what I was saying. You can hear the youthful energy in it. You know, you can hear that he just came up with that one line and then filled in a bunch about Trenchtown. But it is such a wise line. Yes. It, yeah, it truly is just... It's experiential. To, yeah. So let's, let's head into our vibe time. Uh, music cued in three, two... I don't think I'm talking to Neil, you picked the song. When do you want to hear it, my friend? Okay, uh, when I want to hear this is, I feel like at a summertime, at a like a big pool party or something, something. but I want someone else to put it on, and I want to bask in the glory that someone else knows how good this song is and that it should be played right now very loud and i guarantee you, if you played this if you put this on super loud at like a huge pool party like it would you know i mean if you were at the like the 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 club bar at the top of the w in hollywood i think i think somebody would definitely play this Man, two things a you could be this would be work this would work if you're sitting with your feet in a goddamn inflatable pool in your backyard it'd still be a good song and second neil i'll be your huckleberry <laughs> Hey man, <laughs> you wait. Hey, make I'm me proud. Johnny. I'm gonna do that for proud. you, man. I'm gonna do this for you. I'm gonna do this. Make for you, man. me you proud. Have a barbecue and play this song, but it has to. You have to turn it up. <laughs> oh, don't worry. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely going college dorm room, or uh, the Venice Boardwalk, in a haze of fucking bong ribs. Your ribs or their ribs? Answer the question, Josh. Your ribs are there. I don't smoke pot anymore, so, there so it definitely not my ribs. Okay, I want to hear this song. Next time Josh comes over, I'm taking a fucking bong hit. I'm going to blow it right <laughs> in your fucking face and tell you to leave my apartment slash dorm room. 
because you don't appreciate the fucking song. <laughs> well, well, now. <laughs> All right, so now, like, we're definitely under the influence at this point in the night. Uh, Neil, what do you think this was influenced by, influenced, et cetera, et cetera? This song, uh, I mentioned it quickly, but uh, there is some James Brown in this. I mean, and there always has been with Bob. He was influenced a lot by just the the sound, the American sound uh, in at that time in the 60s. Curtis Mayfield, that's what influenced him. And he's, you know, he's influenced so much music, it's hard to even talk about. Certainly, certainly sublime and, and even like the clash and just kind of stuff like that. Yeah, man, for me, this shit, I always think of Motown. I always think of Sam Cooke when I hear Marley. There's so much Sam Cooke, especially in that acoustic medley stuff. He's way, I mean, everybody's in the Sam Cooke, but he's definitely a big influence. I had heard, I don't know if it's true, that uh, those guys in Jamaica could kind of get the radio stations from Miami and the R&B stuff in the 60s, late 50s, whatever. Um, but they couldn't totally make it out. The signal was a bit distorted. The, what I had heard was they took what they could get from it, and then the rest they kind of filled in with whatever mm-hmm, mm-hmm. whatever they could come up with. And so maybe just, just R&B and soul in general of the late 50s, yeah. early 60s. I mean, I, I would say, you know, for me, um, you know, his vocal is very much an old bluesman. Like he had, like I said earlier, with the the, the wisdom, like it sounds like he's much older than he is. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the after effects are unfortunately sublime. But another thing I would say, what you were saying, Jonathan, I, there was a great magazine of Southern writing called o- the Oxford American, and they had a great um, article about the the roots of reggae in one of their music issues a couple years ago. And basically, in in Jamaica, you had in neighborhoods DJs. There's certain guys who were able to get their hands on in the ports records. And a lot of those records came from like stacks and shit mm-hmm, in Memphis. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A lot of that sound comes from what was going oh, on yeah, in Memphis totally. at that time. Yeah, you know. And the people with like the hottest records from Memphis are like, they would be super obscure fucking Memphis records that like we've never heard of, but that were super popular cool. in the certain neighborhoods. And the people with like the new records from those record companies would really like influence those guys. Yeah, and exactly what you're talking about. The little um, write up I was looking at um, that Rolling Stone did about this song specifically. They were talking about um, just how this his music and this song is uh, what Memphis was to rock and roll. This is to kind of reggae and Jamaican music. Well, now we can slide okay. under the covers and talk about the covers of this song, Jonathan. Uh, I'd like to hear the covers that you listened, listened to, to this week. And 14 seconds of the sublime shit and stopped it because I was just like, get this. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Is, and I, yes, I, I like sublime listen, is terrible. I don't, I'm not, I don't mind sublime. Oh, fuck that. I mind that cover, though. No, I, I think it's great. I think it's great. It's, <laughs> what? It's, it's nowhere near what? Marley, but you can, because it's, it sounds like it was done on like an answering machine or something. It's It's so raw. <laughs> I don't like the rhythm. The rhythm, I hate the rhythm. Yes, I feel like it's Hooters take out for me because they missed the but, rhythm. But I feel like he was just doing it how he wanted it. Like he was just, you can tell he's into it and really feeling it. But no, yes. the singing's fine. I think the band didn't, was yeah. not on point. Um, they were not emphasized. They had the emphasis on the wrong syllable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and they go to the, he goes to brutalize right away. You got to save that. You can't go brutalize right away. You got to ease into the brutalization. Yeah, man. <laughs> Um, so the best cover I found was actually this band called Afro Fiesta. It was just these 
four dudes on a beach looked like they were playing for like a bar on the beach for like ten were they white people. Dudes? No. So it was either no. Florida or Venice there was, Beach. There was only one white dude. I'm, and so, he glad was, my, I'm so glad they weren't you white. You guys done? Now I just want to make sure they weren't white. Cause, yeah. There was one white guy playing slide guitar, which was super cool. Kind of very Hawaiian. Um, so it was just a guy on acoustic, a guy on slide, bass, and drums. And they they just did it really well. It's tough to pull this song off. There's not many good covers of it. Um, the videos. Um, the, the video of this song at Rainbow Theater is so good. It's such a, such a cool version. And I love, Jonathan, you'll like this. Bob's guitar, his brown Les Paul, just the wood color. Yeah, it's like with a... The, it's with a, the black like pit guard, the P90s. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, oh man, it's it's so sweet. Oh, he's fantastic. Um, I found an alternate mix, the one that's on the, um, the box set, where it keeps rolling after the end, and the lyrics mm. are so sweet. It's a trench town rock, don't call no cop. Yeah, Trench Town Rock. We can trash things ourselves. Yeah, I've Trench heard Town too. Rock. Got no stacks on no shelves. Trench Town Rock. But let me tell you, behave yourselves. Yeah, I've heard that <laughs> shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the live stuff in general is great. I do like. I mean, they're not covers, but the live versions the, the, I love. Yeah, the live versions are Lyceum, and I would say the Roxy. So Neil, how does the shoe fit? The shoe fits very well. It, it's a very comfy shoe. Um, and if it had to be a shoe, thinking back to like when I first heard this song in high school and like hanging out with my buddies, it would be an uh, Adidas Samba soccer shoe. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> Don't fucking break your toe, uh, Jonathan. <laughs> Don't get cancer, Neil. Just put that on your yeah. do not do list. Yeah, I mean, it fits like fucking Birkenstocks, right? <laughs> like, <what>? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it fits like weed apparel. But that being said, <laughs> I mean, I'm wearing Birkenstocks right now, actually. Because if you wear them the way they're intended to be as indoor house shoes, it's fucking fine. You don't That's need to wear in public. You don't you're need to wear, wear, you're <laughs> wearing Birkenstocks with socks right now? No socks. Oh, okay, good. Um, yeah. <laughs> you're like, oh, I was about to come over there and fucking fight you. Um, <laughs> right now? For, right, as for me, it, it fits like a pair of socks that I'm wearing in my cold-ass dorm room in Boston while I'm listening to Transdown Rock and taking a bong rip. <laughs> Is it tired yet? Because that's how the song felt to me after the end. Of was the that movie. a rap? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Yo, was it tired? Was that, were you freestyling? Like, what was that? <laughs> and, and on that note, <laughs> thank you for listening to Podcast Rock and Roll to you. And now we are going to play a cover of Trenchtown Rock <laughs> by Bob Marley and the Whalers. One good thing about music when it hits you feel no pain One good thing about Oh, 
Okay, the cover you just heard was performed by my good friends Jody Mosier, Ian Maddy, and uh, their neighbors, Megan Jean and the KFB, as well as Jody's wife, Kara. You can find them on Instagram at Megan Jean KFB and at Jody underscore Mosier, and the same for Facebook as well. Thank you for listening to the pod gave rock and roll to you. Please subscribe and rate on Apple and Spotify or wherever you listen. If you want to reach out to us, you can find us under the handle at PodGaveRock. Next week is Josh's song, so what will we be discussing? We will be discussing the song Poncho and Lefty, written by Towns Van Zandt and made famous by Willie Nelson and Merle Haggard. 
can't wait. <laughs>